Dr. Amalia Gonyas Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us on the line today is South African para-athlete and Renee Fayers, who currently holds the world record for the 400 meters in the T47 class, which she claimed in 2019 when she won gold at the Dubai World Championships. More recently, she won the gold medal at the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics for the T47 400 meter competition, which was her third and sadly final Paralympic Games. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me and um, having the opportunity to share my Tokyo experience. First of all, I have to send massive congratulations to you on winning gold. It was honestly such a spectacular finish when I was watching. You were so far ahead of the other competitors. Sure, yeah. thank you so much. It even gets me quite emotional. I made a joke when I came back saying that I took you a fever for a very long time. Um, just being you know, so grateful um, for being able to be in Tokyo and racing and have, bringing something positive back to not just South Africa, but the whole world. Um, with COVID and the pandemic, um, we all needed a bit of positivity. Um, and I was honored that I was able to go and race um, and run with God every single step from the start to the end. And um, looking at my race, I'm still in, in awe um, of what God did um, with my journey towards the game, which we'll obviously get to later but I'm incredibly grateful for bringing back gold and also knowing how thankful I am and the emotions that I do still share um, and I'm experiencing now just shows me the gratitude um, that I had for that race and how real it was for me to be able to, to run at Tokyo Paralympics. Well, we are so glad to host you on the show and I think your experiences particularly over the last six months, has been a, a convergence for me of, of so many topical issues, from the fact that you contracted COVID to advocating for vaccination, which is so important given now that unfortunately we've got a, a new variant and South Africa has begun its fourth wave, to the mental strength required to overcome setbacks and then go on to win gold at Tokyo 2020, and also raising awareness of International Day of Persons with Disabilities, which was on the 3rd of December. Tokyo 2020 was held a year later than scheduled because of the COVID-19 pandemic, which obviously had a massive impact on athletes' preparation, including timing their performance peaks. Please, will you walk us through your ups and downs of your journey to this year's Paralympics? Listening to that question, it kind of takes you back. Um, a few weeks ago, I was playing around on my phone, um, needing to delete some pictures because my phone is too full. And it was incredible that I looked back and it was a memory lane of all the pictures in COVID, in the pandemic, in lockdown. We have a little townhouse in Durbanville. And now just sitting here in my space, I appreciate every corner and every single space in our house because of COVID. I embraced every part of it. Uh, my husband organized a trade mall when we see it, when we realized it's locked out. I think it was a day and he messaged everybody asking them, do you have a trade mall? Um, we need a trade mall if we're going in lockdown uh, because he knows how much running and being active means to me. 
And um, I'm incredibly grateful for his support and holding the space of how running and being active is part of who I am. And um, in our house, we had different spaces. In our bra area, we have my gym station. And I picked up my dog. We have a Zara Beagle that I picked up as my weights training in lockdown. Um, but it was definitely tough. The first lockdown, I was so motivated. We had Zoom sessions with our group training sessions, um, I had coffees, and I was so motivated to still hold on to the Tokyo will be held in 2020. And then the second lockdown came, and it was tough to still keep on training, knowing that your goal is now, you don't know when it's going to be. Um, as an athlete, like you mentioned, you have different peaks and phases where your performance makes a difference in certain areas where you train. And not knowing how the year would look was definitely devastating. Um, I remember I had two weeks of, of really being flat on the ground, not seeing the end of the tunnel, crying, not knowing how am I going to stay positive and motivated. And something in me just decided to take day by day. It was solid words from my coach as well, Suzanne Ferrer, um, which is also grounded in faith. God is our, our steering wheel in our group. And I remembered we took day by day. We took control over what we can control. And that's the day we have. And to seize that. Um, and that kept on motivating me and driving me. And in my heart, um, something was said that I want to be part of something where we celebrate. So no matter when the games is going to be, I'm going to focus on, on focusing on every day on what I can do with my body and, and celebrating that. Um, and celebrating time when we did our time trials in the road or picking up my dog as weight training or um, having sessions over Zoom and just holding on to those special moments. And that. That's what kept me motivated to, to, to really um, embrace every day what you have. And that's where they're saying, um, live every day by its fullest. You don't know what the day holds. Um, so it was definitely tough. But just having support of my training group and family and knowing the whole country is in the same position. Everybody's home and the whole world, actually. Just holding on to the positive things, the small things. Having coffee, spending time with my husband and just having a home having food, all those little things made you thankful. So I think all those help in preparation, but it was definitely tough to prepare to the Paralympic Games. But just holding, holding on, like I said, um, to take it day by day is what helped me to keep motivated and, and stay positive on what I can do. You're right. There was this bizarre sense of doing things, but just not knowing when lockdown would end, when you could begin life again. And I think that philosophy that you had of taking things day by day, that, that was the only thing that we had in our control. Yes, definitely. Oh, it's something that I've learned um, through injuries, um, through tough times in life as well, that my mom always says, in Africa, once more, and that's exactly the sun goes down and it comes up again. And it's a new day to be a better version of yourself and to control the things that you do have control over. Um, and that's very important um, to say that to all the listeners as well. Maybe you need to hear that today as well. Besides the challenges of training and preparing for an event which was massively delayed, you also contracted COVID. Um, yes. I thought that if someone says COVID, I'll be done with my emotions. Um, COVID was really tough. I was tested positive on the 13th of July and we flew out to the Paralympics on the 20th of August, I think. The only thing that I had in my mind, um, in the time I had COVID, I had a really um, incredible connection with God and um, he held me very tightly in this time where I couldn't breathe and move around. 
Um, and a professional, I'm a professional athlete, so that's tough to say that. It hit me quite hard. Um, I couldn't even walk and my heart rate would went go up to 190. It was scary. It was scary to know that maybe I won't be able to walk again or train or actually just have a healthy life. Regardless to say Tokyo was never in my mind in that time. It was just focusing on, on getting healthy um, and, and how I was so aware of how many people lost someone in COVID. Um, so for me being able to be healthy and actually train to Tokyo and actually climb on that airplane, be at the games and not just bringing back a goal, but not making a final in the 100 and, and placing fourth in the 200. All three of those events were so joyful and incredibly grateful that I could actually be there um, running despite having COVID um, just a few months before the games. So I'm truly grateful that I was healed and that I was able to go. And even I had the vaccine um, in May while I was lying on my couch and my dog looking with her beagle eyes that are very droopy um, while I was having um, a nebulizer on me. And I remember I was so grateful that I actually had the vaccine because my thoughts went to what if I didn't? Yeah, I'm really grateful that I did have vaccine to help me not being hospitalized um, and I was able to just do you at home. Um, but yeah, despite having COVID and all my hurdles that I faced, Tokyo is really a miracle. Um, and I'm grateful to share that. Hi, I'm Zonke Dikana, a South African Afro-soul musician, songwriter and producer. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Today, we're talking to gold medalist, Paralympic champion, Anne-Renée Veyers. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Competing with some of the most successful athletes in your specialization and participating at the forefront of international competition has given you insight into what it takes to get to the top and more importantly, how to stay there. Please, can you share with us what you've learned about your own endurance? Yeah, just thinking back of my journey, I started doing disability sports in 2011 and um, I had my first world championships in New Zealand in Christchurch. And I remember when I lined up and just seeing all this incredible people having disabilities, but just the joy that they have something and a purpose and passion. Um, I went to the 400 and the 200 and um, I came second in the 200. But just seeing my competitors and seeing their athletic um, abilities, um, their skills of running a 400 in such incredible way inspired me. Uh, I came back and I told my coach, but I, I, like, I'm excited about the journey and getting muscles and um, working on, on how I can become the best athlete that I can be. So being part of Paralympic sports and being part of seeing a movement where, where females compete um, is inspiring. Um, I'm excited to go and see what everybody has done in their in their specific um, categories, um, especially mine, um, seeing and embracing um, the fact that we've all worked really hard to be um, at the Paralympic Games. So for me, that's inspiring by itself um, to be acknowledged running with those seven athletes, because if, if they weren't there, I wouldn't be able to compete with them. Um, so they inspire me also, and also to see that they're using the gifts despite their obstacles of being disabled. For me, that is inspiring um so you know, to compete with the top female athletes in my category um and 
when you compete, you obviously compete, but afterwards laughing together, not understanding what everybody's saying, but just celebrating with each other and, and knowing how many times and um, you've cried around, um, on the track, how many times you vomited and how many times you've cried because you are hurting. Um, you know exactly what it takes to be at that level and to see them embrace their PBs or winning a gold or winning a silver or making a final or whatever it is, um, just being there. Someone I met, it was our first Paralympic Games, and just the excitement she had for being there uh, made me realize that we need to focus on what our goals is and what we need to go and achieve. Um, and that's what Parasport and being part of this movement has taught me to focus on your yourself and your abilities and not to compare yourself, but it's always an honor to compete with such incredible athletes with incredible abilities um, and to see youngsters come through. Not that I'm old, but just looking at them and thinking, wow, how incredible is that? Um, that they are the next generation. Um, and I'm going to sit on my couch and watch them um, be inspired by them um, as well. And hopefully that will drive so many other athletes around the world that are disabled to follow their path. It doesn't need to be athletics. It can be different sporting codes or it can be anything else, but just things inspiring that you can do anything. You know, there are a few things in what you've said which have really um, stuck with me. So one is the international view that you're not competing on a local level. You are competing with the best of the best from around the world and the sense of camaraderie as well as a competitiveness that is built amongst a group of competitive athletes. And then also this view of being able to, in a way, keep developing the sport and give back and allow newcomers to come into the fold and know that you are there for a, a finite period of time and the next generation is, is going to be coming up through the ranks. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, that is very important that we have different seasons and different roles that we play in anything that we do in life. And for me, um, the place that I am now at is to educate people around disabilities, especially in South Africa, about how our classes work, about um, in schools and structures, um, to appreciate uniqueness, being different, because I think in the world we live in, we are struggling to see that. And that you are right, at the international level, it's, it's definitely a big step up um, to compete where you see people around the world uh, come together and compete uh, on the highest level. I think that's the best and the greatest honor anybody can have is to compete on such a, such a high level. Physical aspects are, are one component. You, you have to be in, in top shape and at the top of your game to achieve and, and deliver on, on the track. But what are some of the mental processes that you use to help you keep getting faster? Yeah, I think the most important part is, is your structure, your family, your friends, your training group, uh, mentors is, is quite a, the most important part of success. Um, I truly believe that when you do compete and you do something that you set a goal for, the structure and the people that are behind you, backing you, praying for you, believing in you, rooting for you, is what makes your heart full. Um, I always say that when you finish the line and you receive that medal, it can be an empty medal. It can be a goal, but it can be very empty. And if you don't have mentors and a structure and 
people around you to celebrate it with, it's going to be really empty. And I can truly say that the reason why I was so emotional after my race, it's because my gold medal and the performance and the structure that I had and the performance that I have in God, and that is enough, was so rewarding for me. So it's definitely important. But highlighting mentors is one of the things that I will come back to. I think I had um, my coach is one of my mentors. My um, whole family is mentors. Um, And then Debbie Alexander, she's part of the IPC as well. She's one of my other mentors. And I've walked the road with her from the beginning of the year. Um, And she's helped me give me tools and guidance um, of how to deal with with my mental capacity of uh, things that I needed to, to work through. And how important is that to perform? Incredibly important. Um, being a professional athlete is, is not just being good at what you do um, and, hard, and hard work and that, but, but being in the right headspace. Um, I also believe that having coffees, having walk with my dogs, having relaxed time is one of the important parts that can also make you successful as a person. Um, and that's things that I, if I look back, I'm truly grateful for all the support and structure that I had leading up to that and not just to Tokyo my whole life. Um, I had teachers who believed in me. I teachers who embraced my disability and my differentness and who taught me that that's what I want to do one day. I want to teach kids and teach the world that we need to celebrate being different. Uh, but definitely the structure and the success around receiving and getting that goal that you wanted for is definitely having mentors and family and friends backing you and helping you in a mental capacity um, to overcome it because we're just human. It's not always just going to be good. And you're going to feel down in the dumps and having a good structure and family and friends and mentors help you um, to get through those difficult times. Um, and life is too short to have bad coffee, so have good coffee while you're at it. But definitely being a professional athlete, it's not just the pitching up. It's the behind the scenes, the people that believe in you and having a mentor that helps you and gives you tools and guide you along your road that you are going because they can give you a different perspective on where you are and what can help you uh, in the in the space that you are in. Thinking about those factors that you mentioned, the, the behind-the-scenes team, the support, the motivators, the mentorship, they are critical to success. And I think not only in the sporting field i think that they would apply equally across the board yes definitely if i think of of that and i think of the word family if you celebrate something you want to do it with your family but family can be anybody that's part and believe in your journey that you are in if it's in sport and academics or whatever you take on if they are celebrating with you and they're rooting for you praying for you and being there to support you along this road um, for me, the word family is someone that's there when it's good or bad. Um, and everybody that's part of the structure is there, but they buy in to your dream and they buy in to your goals and they buy in to who you are and what you are. And they help you, and they guide you with your good and your bad and the things that you need to work on and things that you're good at, because we always have something that we work, can work on to become the best version we can be. And that's every single day we challenge with that. So are definitely making sure that your support structure is is behind you all the way no matter what you take on in life those are great words of motivation 
Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro Soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amelia Malka on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, and democracy. Today, we're talking to gold medalist, Paralympic champion, Anne-Renée Veyers. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. In the introduction, I mentioned that the 3rd of December was International Day of Persons with Disabilities. And coming up on the 10th of December later this week is International Human Rights Day. I find that there is insufficient inclusivity of persons with disabilities in mainstream society, simply by observing the way that many buildings and facilities have been designed, puts into perspective some of the social constraints, let alone the economic factors, uh, for example, access to employment opportunities. I recall reading a quote from you where you said, I was bullied quite a lot for not having a hand. I was the girl with no hand, but running helped me to develop the person I was, the character that I was. And I think that was God's plan for me as a person, end quote. From your perspective, what do you think can be done to help improve inclusivity for persons with disabilities? Sure, yeah, that's a really good question um, to ask. Um, Leading up to International Human Rights Day, it will be on the 10th. I think my heart um, is definitely to say to all the listeners and to drive something that we are all human. We all have a disability. We're all different and unique. And I think if we start embracing and respecting one another, the world will definitely be a better place, first of all. So definitely coming into inclusivity and employment opportunities. If you respect someone for their abilities and what they actually also can do, besides their appearance and how they look, um, and we just almost, I want to say, be behind the wall um, and not see the person, but just see what they can do, their skills and what they can do. I think it will definitely be, be different. So definitely to respect someone. Um, I think respect is one of the things that I've, I've learned, that you're just human. I think being disabled, you just want to be seen as a human. You don't want to see as as underneath she doesn't have a hand (laughs) I'm more than that and I think everybody that is disabled has felt that people see that um, more than seeing what they actually can do so encouraging people to see to give someone a chance to not judge a book by its cover but to see what the person actually can do and to use those skills in wherever they can make a difference definitely that and in in regards to to um, in, in the world and in South Africa I think the same with with BE has helped South Africa to, to give opportunities for people to actually have work and have opportunity in the same with disabilities. I think a, a role would be helped um, to create opportunities in terms of disabilities. Um, and it definitely will, will help so many people to actually have a financial um, income. And then accessibility is one of the main things that is always around the world a problem um, in facilities and buildings and people parking on disabled parking, thinking that it's okay yeah, so it's definitely something that we can look at. And like I said, 
if I can do 1% and everybody does something in their capacity um, capacity that they can, the world will definitely be a better place. So to have control over what you can do. My husband always says, if you moan and you, um, and you say something, then you have to have a solution. So the solution that I could say is just to, to spread the word that being disabled and not, not being part of going into a building or not being able to do something because of your disability is definitely unfair. So definitely if buildings are opening up or whatever, because we are in a modern time where, where you want to be inclusive um, and make everybody welcome and feel welcome to make sure that you have accessibility um, in the um, building that you're building or the restaurant or whatever it is, because it's terrible if you're disabled and it's in highlighted. And the light is on top of you when you cannot access a building or you cannot get a job because of your disability, but your mental capacity and your skills required for that job is outstanding. And therefore, it's really respecting the human and respecting what we are um, and not seeing the person for their disability, but they are more. Like I mentioned in that quote, um, I was always bullied to be the girl with the one hand running, but running was a place where I developed character, where I developed self self-belief in in who I am and through that I learned so many new things of Anune and that I stick and stand for and therefore I think it's important that when you put someone in the right position in the right place they will grow and they will help you build as well and I think that's the important part is not to judge a book by its cover to give everybody equal opportunities no matter what your skin color where you live and what your disability is but really to be fair and to respect one another um, as humans and the world will definitely like i said be a better place those are great words of tolerance of embracing diversity and inclusivity and i i do hope that people who are listening that are in enabling positions that they can empower other people to take responsibility, to be more respectful, and to take accountability of their structures and environments to accommodate everybody. Yes, I definitely agree. I also hope that everybody that's listening, like I mentioned, the 1%, um, that you can solve the problem or you can help people be employed um, and are disabled, or no matter what your, your package is, but to really help um, build the world and build it block by block with your percent of what you can do because I like I said I really believe that if everybody does their little bit and contribute what they can contribute um, the world will be such a beautiful place and perhaps it's actually calling people out who are doing the wrong thing because they may or may not be aware that they're doing it yes definitely I think um, it's always good to have perspective over something so hopefully everyone listening um, can kind of sit back and also think what can I do um, to change or what can I do to, to see um, things differently. You've said that this year's Paralympics was going to be your last Paralympics. One of the challenges for high performance athletes like yourself is that your career as a competitor on the field is relatively short, which means that you have to have another career and often one that starts later in life than perhaps peers of your, your age group. How have you managed this challenge and what's next for you? Yeah, I think, like you said now, um, there is just a, a relatively short period of time where you can push your body or where financially or all those elements come in place where 
you need to start thinking about what can I do to also contribute um, and help a living. Um, I think being a professional sport person, sometimes it's tough to just do it full time because of external factors financially and support and um, all those elements. Um, and as well as being a Paralympic athlete, um, it's incredible how the movement and sponsors has shifted now in a positive way that they actually are, are taking in so many Paralympic athletes. And I'm really grateful for my sponsors and the people part of my, my journey in athletics. But yeah, it, it was definitely my last games in terms of um, walking out on that field. Um, I had a feeling in, in my heart that it's okay that this is my last um, and I'm, I'm going to take in all that I can of this moment. And then coming back, I had so, um, so much, not insecurities, but doubt that maybe I should go on. Looking at Alison Felix, Elaine Thompson, all these incredible athletes around the world that competed at the Olympic Games, having babies, uh, but still driving, being fierce, fiercely woman, um, despite having a baby, coming back on the track and doing something they love and they drive and it's incredible what they are doing um, and what they're standing for. So for me, it was definitely tough coming back um, and deciding what's next. But having some, some free time, it made me realize that it doesn't matter what I choose, uh, my heart and my intentions is always right to change and to do what I can do as a parent, the athlete, and as a person with disability that I want to embrace being different and unique, like I mentioned. So um, my career that I actually, I studied teaching, foundation-based teaching. So at the place I'm at, if the right position is upon me, um, then I'll go back to teaching, but definitely have a role of educating kids about the Paralympic Games, about loving their dis who they are and their uniqueness. And if there's someone that's disabled in the classroom or in school, um, to educate them about disabilities, to educate them about the human and our bodies and how it works, how we grow, what we can do, what we can't do, and that we all have something that we can't do. So that's definitely um, the next thing. But it has been challenging. I'm 29 now. And most of my friends that study with me, obviously, are, have been teaching and have been climbing in their careers. And sometimes you think, oh, wow, but I've just been doing athletics. A lot of people have asked me, like, if you come back from a game, they're like, oh, oh nice, you had a really good holiday and you traveled around. And I was like, it's, it's my work. Um, it's what I do. Um, and it was definitely a challenging journey to share that. But luckily, I am someone that is very uh, verbal with my words and I learned to choose them wisely to spread that um, and to say that it's my job and, and I'm, I'm passionate about my job um, because if you are passionate and you love something you do it's not work but it obviously is something that I'm work is your discipline you you pitch up you make sure you do everything to reach that goal and for me the word work is basically making sure that you are aligned with your, your with your values, with what you believe in. And when you do all those things, then it won't be worth it. It will be a passion in my capacity and how God has used me in athletics and my career as being a professional athlete has been incredible. The things that I've learned and the journey I've been on has been incredibly rewarding. But I am in a place where I'm really excited about what is next for Anune in a different phase of my life. Um, and then I think it is scary as an athlete. 
having such a long time being aware of this is your time on the track, then in the gym, eating the right food, making sure you do all those things to now shift to something else. Someone told me that your life is very glamorous at the moment, coming back from the games, having interviews, having all these things. And I was like, yes, but before this glamorous things of interviews and receiving this medal, I really had a, a long journey of hard work. And that's what you get when you are, when you're working hard, you are rewarded, but life isn't always just rewarded. It is also tough. Um, so like I'm saying, I'm excited about the next phase where I'm going to have a different role and I'm okay with that because that's what we are humans for. Um, we need to start somewhere again. And I'm excited for the different season that is that is upon me and the different cycle um, that I'm going into. And um, yeah, I think one of the biggest parts um, of my desires was when I met my husband, he had, a, he had an incredible dream of doing his MBA. And at the Paralympic Games, when I was doing my 400 heats, the evening we had a chat um, on WhatsApp video call. And I remember taking a snapshot because he just told me that he came in for his MBA and I just raced the 400 meter heats in Tokyo. Um, and it was an incredible race for me just to run so freely and with such joy uh, with God. And we both had tears. And at that moment, I realized that when you get married, you share your life with someone to dream with them, to build on the goals that we both have. And here I'm at living out my dream and my husband heard his dream. So it kind of feels like I have a next dream that I want to fulfill. And I'm excited to go fulfill that. And I also want to give him the opportunity to fulfill his dream and support him like he supported me when it was tough, when it was good, when we didn't know how we're going to, to figure out how to do something. And I'm going to share this because maybe it, it, it needs to be heard to some listeners. There was a time where I couldn't even buy a milk with my card at the shop because I didn't have that financial. There wasn't enough money in my bank card to pay for a milk. Um, but how my husband supported me um, and how along the road I got sponsors and people believing in me, but not just they believed in me, I believe in their brand and what they stand for. And I became, it became a family, but sometimes it's going to be tough, but you just hold on to that. No one can take passion and hard work away from you. And I remembered going back that that time was the best time knowing that I had nothing, but I had passion and hard work. And for me, that was enough. So maybe to all the listeners also, if you're going through a tough time financially, mentally, whatever it could be, um, remember that um, hold on and take day by day because you're going to look back and be grateful for pushing through and pushing on whatever you are taking on. So yeah, I'm excited about the next challenge and hopefully a position falls upon, upon me that suits me and I can see I can make a difference in teaching um, and inspiring kids to love their differentness and uniqueness, whatever it can be. The world is open to you and thank you for for highlighting you've been so real and honest in this discussion and and putting putting in place these reality checks that life is not rosy that we certainly will have hurdles to overcome and having faith having ambition having dreams to pursue just makes you keep driving uh, ahead uh, to get to the end and to get on to the next challenge and to embrace the next dream. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. And you know, thank you for creating an opportunity where I can feel comfortable to be real. And I think 
that was you know my whole desire and my heart's desires um, to share to the world the real and the raw, um, but also the good, um, and and that we all be honest where we at in our life, um, and to help each other, um, to build on each other, to think of each other, um, and to support each other and celebrate one another in our journeys that we all are on because it's all different. Um, and I really hope that everybody that is listening that um, I hope that my story inspires your story and inspires you to make time um, to write your story and to share your story of struggles and triumph as well, because that's what life is also about, is sharing one another's stories. Very, very true. Finally, as we close out our conversation today, please, can you share a few more words? Because you've certainly given us a lot of food for thought and motivation during the course of the conversation. But if you can share a last few words of inspiration that you'd like to pass on to girls and women who are listening to us on the continent today. Yeah, I think what I have in my heart is that everybody that is listening to look into the mirror um, without any makeup on, just you being you and telling yourself that you are beautiful, um, you are unique and that you have a place no matter what it is and where it is, um, and to embrace and who you are and what you are, to not cover up and get dressed in clothes that you think will hide who you are, to not make up, make up or to hide you, but to enhance your beauty and to enhance who you are. Because that's something that helped me um, celebrate who and what I am, is to look into the mirror every morning and to tell myself, no, I'm beautiful, there's only one of me in the world. I can make a difference in my capacity um, and I'm loved. Um, so everybody that is listening, remind yourself that you can sell that to yourself. Self-care is one of the most important parts that I've learned is good. It's good to look after yourself, to nurture yourself, to drink coffee alone, to go for walks alone. It's okay because you are a priority um, as well. Um, looking at your family and, and protecting them and caring and loving kids, your kids or whatever your position may be, um, you are important as well and make time for yourself um, and definitely to celebrate um, your differentness and uniqueness um, is one of the things that I would love to say. There's a quote of Soul Surf in my favorite movie and it says, being normal is overrated. So may we all love our imperfections and love who and what we are made of um, and remember there is only one of you. So that will be my last words um, for everybody tuning in. Being normal is overrated. Fantastic words. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me and thank you for really listening. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to gold medalist, Paralympic champion, Anne-Renée Bayers.